Welcome to the Do Big Things podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. My name is Adam McRoberts, and I'm the founder and creator of this company and podcast. We are here to inspire you and help ultra runners achieve their dreams. We can help you get trained up to make sure you get to the start line good and healthy, or we can pace and crew you into the finish. I personally am first and foremost an ultra runner, and one could easily make the argument that running has saved my life. When I first found running, I was most definitely on a pretty dark path, and it gave me a way out. It gave me hope. It gave me goals. It gave me something to work towards. So needless to say, I have a deep, deep love for ultra marathons and everything that goes along with them. Having friends come across the country to selflessly help me achieve my goals and dreams was monumental in my life and my eventual eventual recovery from this dark path that I was on. Uh, I eventually got to a place in my life where I wanted to start giving back. And I'm here to help others with these beautiful moments of, you know, running endlessly through the mountains for hours or the woods, you know, finding these moments of peace and eventually crossing the finish line. So look us up. We'd love to be of service. Big-things-crewing.com. My guest today has no doubt been through a lot of the same struggles I've been through. I think many ultra runners can relate. Out on the trails, I hear many stories by new and old ultra runners alike. Tales of addiction, struggles fitting in, social awkwardness, eating disorders, codependency issues, you name it, you guys. That's what makes ultra running special. I really want to thank my guest today. Uh, My man, Alex, showed up and offered vulnerability and honesty about where he's at in life and what he struggles with. Not only that, he's kind of a madman because he just ran the Moab 240 mile run with what I would consider to be very little training. He'd only completed one 50 kilometer race beforehand. He's never done a hundred miler before. So when I say madman, I mean it in the best way. These are the kind of people I love chatting with. This is why I love podcasting. Alex turned out to be one of my favorite guests because he wasn't afraid to share. Uh, He wasn't afraid of what people would think. He just showed up, bared his soul in this conversation, and I'm really happy to call Alex a buddy. He inspires me, and I think he's going to inspire you too. Hang tight. He's coming up. Okay. Uh, Alex, thanks for joining me. Thanks for uh, coming on the Do Big Things podcast. If you don't mind, give us an introduction. Tell us who you are. So, name's Alex Berenson. Uh, I uh, I wouldn't consider myself a runner. Okay, as that is awesome. I like this. So, but but you know what? I I kind of got into to running, and I don't want to say that I got super heavy into ultra running, but but really probably a couple years ago was my first ultra run. Um, but anyway, I, I, right now I, I work in real estate. We okay. do real estate development and uh, came from another business. I can kind of get in maybe to that later, but kind of led to, to my running and led to dealing with a lot of stress I was going through mm. prior. But 
anyway, I'm, I'm married, have four kids, uh, ages two to nine. Wow. And I'm, I'm based out of Logan, Utah. So, okay. So it sounds like you got your hands full. Got my hands full, man. Awesome. Well, you say you're not really a runner, but yet you ran the biggest ultra marathon, not the biggest in the world, but it's one of the biggest Moab, 240 miles. So a monster. Yeah. How, like, how did you do it? If you're not a runner, like <laughs> I got to hear this. And, and by the way, I've been following along on Instagram and, and reading some of your updates there. And, and it's, they're all fascinating. And it sounds like it was kind of a suffer fest. So it definitely was. I love a good suffer fest, man. So I, I yeah. wanted to hear all about this. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a gnarly experience. So I'll, I'll, I guess I'd kind of tell you how I, for sure. How I was start at the beginning, fathom, fathom doing it. And I, the mm. truth is, I don't know looking back, but, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I listened to, uh, a podcast that the Courtney DeWalter and that this Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, okay. And I like kept coming back to that. And I'm just like, this is the gnarliest thing. And I, I don't know what it is that kind of drives me to do, do big things. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I just, mm -hmm. I kind of am the guy that just, I just go for it. I don't really care about failing. I'll fail fast and learn quick. And so I actually had signed up for Moab last year okay. and weigh in about two ten, Whoa. and I'm, I'm six feet tall. So, <laughs> so I was bigger and, I just really wasn't ready, but I, okay. I was going through some things with my previous business and I'm just, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to go down and go for this. I'm going to see how it turns out. And it didn't turn out. I, <laughs> I, uh, DNF'd at about 37 miles. Okay. Were you early in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so that was brutal and it was tough, but I, I learned quite a bit and I just said, you know, I got to do this right. And I, I kind of came back, actually got, Michael McKnight is, is here in the Valley. So he lives not too far away from, from me. And I had some buddies that, that knew him. And so he kind of coached me. He's coached me over the past about six months. Okay. And I think he was actually probably pretty worried about me going into this still <laughs> this year. Okay. But, uh, but he got me on the key on keto. I lost like mm. 35 pounds, dude, probably oh, wow. like literally over the past like six months nice and he had me on a schedule running wise and a program and it was it was super good and i just was super consistent and and yeah we got there and made it happen but wow <laughs> so how yeah so how did this all start i mean it it sounds like kind of a midlife crisis like yeah. you just jumped into this thing i mean you attempted it last year and it didn't work out in your favor but uh why like how did this start if, if you weren't really a runner so i mean you can and i kind of posted a little bit which gives a little bit of a glimpse but on my, on my instagram account but i mean i grew up playing sports and playing football and and whatever else but i was more of a football player i wasn't like a runner you know what i mean okay. yep but you I grew just, up, did you grow up in Utah? I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, so like I've, I've always loved the outdoors and that night. Yeah. And, and I'm, I mentioned in like an Instagram post, Hey, you know, I've got demons, you know, and I've, 
I've got my own personal battles and struggles that I deal with. And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of those things I've dealt with in my life, like in super unhealthy ways. Mm, And so, so I, I started running three, four years ago and it just turned into kind of like a therapy for me. Hmm. And, and I had a, I had a business that was, we were crushing it. It was in the recycling industry. And I, I ran that business for about seven, eight years. Um, we opened up a building or a, a sorting facility, had 50 employees um, in 2017. And I had to shut it down in 2019. Basically, the market just fell out from underneath us. And okay. so I kind of had literally something that I had poured my entire soul into and and eight years of work and built this business and I it was awesome and literally the rug just got ripped out from underneath me Mm. and so man mentally I was struggling and Mm -hmm. and I started running more and more and and it's kind of just turned for me it's kind of turned into a therapy you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's something where I can I can be by myself and be in outdoors and running in the mountains especially on the trails it's gorgeous and for me it's almost it's funny but it's like spiritual you know what i mean it's crazy for sure yeah me too okay well so far i can relate to everything because i've got i've got demons and running is is like my therapy as well and i've found it to be a a spiritual experience as well and um that's uh you know my in my story was meandering getting there as i'm sure yours was too but um so, okay. So you lost your business that you had poured your heart and soul into. And, um, what happened after that? And, and where do these demons come into play? What kind of demons are we talking about? You know what? I, I've always kind of faced, faced some, some issues, you know, and, and, uh, some addictions that I've had, mm. and I probably, probably opening up a little more than I really ever have, you know, but, but the real, that's just the reality. I mean, I, you, you can't hide from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've faced some, some addictions in the past and, and I believe everyone's kind of an addict, frankly, mm-hmm. in a way you just got, you got to focus that energy. You know what I mean? And so, totally. so yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, frankly, that's really kind of what, what led me here. And I, the, the community in the, tra- the trail running community is just like insane because mm-hmm. everyone has a story. Everyone is so cool. Everyone is so helpful and like loving and, and there's people from all different backgrounds. And so I've just kind of, it's kind of just drawn me in just naturally. Totally. Yep. Same here. Yeah, I found the same thing, man. It's, and there's a lot of uh, people struggling with addictions in the ultra running community and people with, you know, eating disorders and people that, you know, lost a lot of weight and then just started running ultras. Um, It's pretty common. So what sort of addictions are we talking about? Because I also can relate to this. (laughs) So, so really, and and it just, I mean, started when I was younger. Right. And, and it's, it's been off and on, but it, it really is just substance abuse mm-hmm. addictions. And, and I got into stupid stuff when I was younger and, and, 
you know what, that, that stuff never goes away. Really. You just have to, you've got to battle it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so there's, there's that, I, I think I've struggled quite a bit with, with depression and, and things like that, which, mm. which is just, I think a lot of people do, you know what I mean? And, I really could be and not fulfilling my potential. So anyway. Dude, I'm so sorry, but I th- I think this just, just cut out. And so I missed part of that. And it's nope, probably totally my bad. So I missed like the last. No, 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 you're good. Okay, 30 seconds of what you said. I apologize. Oh, you're fine. Okay. I was I was just saying it, it my my addictions, my struggles really have revolved around around substance abuse and mm-hmm. and uh things like that. But but I also just mentioned, look, I think people have, I think there's a ton of people that have depression and they have different, different ways of dealing with it. And I think that, I mean, substance abuse just happened to be my way. And so it's not healthy, but what I was saying is that could be really damaging to a person. And, and there's, I see so many people where they go down that path and they, they struggle and they don't fulfill their potential, but they're so powerful, mm-hmm. like as people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm here to do big things. Mm-hmm. I'm here to do great things. And, and I, yeah, I have these battles, but frankly, it doesn't matter. I can overcome them, you know, and, yeah. and I can really do anything or be anything as I, I want to be. Yes, sir. Do, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. So like, let's go back further. Like what was your childhood like and and how did you eventually find yourself uh, struggling with substance abuse? If you don't mind talking about it. No, I mean, yeah. I, so, uh, so, you know, growing up, I, I didn't have a suit. I wouldn't say I had a super rough life. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, my, my dad's an attorney. He's a great guy. My mom's super talented. She's an interior designer. I mean, but they were busy all the time. Like their whole thing was provide for the kids. And, and my dad came from nothing. And my mom essentially did as well. And, and so they, they wanted to be successful themselves. And I completely respect that. And I love them. I love them right? They're my mom and dad, but they had issues too. I mean, they, I think everyone does and and they had issues and, and there was a lot of contention, you know, growing up and it was tough. And, and so I kind of, I kind of started rebelling and that, and, and I actually went to, which may, may play into the ultra running. They actually, I started, you know, just partying with my friends and, and getting involved and doing stupid things that I shouldn't and with substance abuse and things like that. And they sent me to this wilderness camp in Arizona in the middle of the flipping desert. 
when I was 16. Okay. And uh, they drove us outside of Phoenix for like four and a half hours. And we would hike out there. And like, literally, I remember like praying for water. Like you'd get, you get one pair of underwear, one pair of socks every week. We'd be in the middle of nowhere hunting for that water. You know, no toilet paper, no toothpaste. Mm -hmm. We use baking soda. We'd get a food bag that was like a gallon. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I loved the outdoors out there. And, and I wasn't even like, super bad into stuff i mean there was kids that i was there's 14 year old kids that were doing heroin and meth and and so like i kind of was a leader to them out there Mm. and holding everyone together and and so that was like an insane experience for me at 16 years old and i I spent six weeks out there but it was definitely like a life-changing experience for me was this like Um, a outward bound type of camp yeah it was, okay. it's similar. Yeah. But, okay. but the, the difference is the mentality, right? It, it's, it's all about like, I'm going to, if you're going to run like the, they call them trail walkers. They were the counselors or the people that were guiding you out there. They're going to run with you. Hmm. Like it's, it's not, they're not demanding. They're not forceful. Like it's crazy. And it was like perfect for me because I was super rebellious. Like, tell me what to do. I'll tell you to go to hell, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so I don't know, I, I can't even, that experience was like spiritual for me mm-hmm. being out there. Mm-hmm. So, and definitely kind of changed my trajectory. I, I came home from that and still struggled with some things and, and I'm, I'm LDS. So I actually went on an LDS mission um, for a couple years mm-hmm. to England, but, but, you know, you, no matter what you do, these demons kind of come back to haunt you. I got home and, uh, my parents got divorced. I, I got married. I got married in like 2011. They got divorced in like 2013. So that was super rough. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I was married and they were older and it's just, anyway, that, that was a tough deal. And so anyway, it's a weird dynamic, super weird dynamic. Yeah. So you were like 16 when you went to this, uh, this camp. Yeah. Okay. And then how old were you when you got married? I was 22 when I got married. Okay. How old are you now? I'm 32. 32. Okay. So like 10 years ago you got married. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then was that the end of your, your substance abuse or did it continue after for a while? Oh, man, I hate to even say, right. But the reality <laughs> is, yeah. I mean, look, I've, I've struggled for sure. Yeah. And, and in, in our culture, like, especially like the LDS culture in Utah, I mm-hmm. shouldn't say, I mean, it, it's a great community, right. But, but there's like a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of hiding and mm-hmm. like, like we're like number one in addiction for like opioids and everything else, because it's okay if your doctor gives it to you. Right. But, mm-hmm. but like, man, if you, if you drink alcohol, or you do these other things, there's, there's all this shame associated with it, you know, mm-hmm. that you've made this big mistake. And, and I think that's where a lot of it is rooted is just growing up is 
there's a lot of shame involved with that. And it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Dude. Um, so <laughs> this is our first conversation. We're just meeting, but yeah. we already have a lot of things in common. <laughs> and we're already going deep. <laughs> so um, I grew up in a Christian household. Uh, very. Um, uh, it, was a, it was a, we went to a Baptist church and uh, you know, very fundamentalist Christian and, and same thing, man. Um, um, you know, once I, once I grew up, you know, my, my substance abuse and, and, and beginning of my addiction didn't really happen until I was like young adult, you know, um, because I, I really tried to wear that hat, you know, for a really long time. And um, when, when someone told me kind of what my beliefs were, I, I, went along with that, you know, and, um, um, you know, I, I, (laughs) it's hard to put it into words. Like I learned so much, um, about myself on both paths, you know, as, as a a Christian. And then when I strayed from that and went way off the deep end in my, you know, eventually addictions and, and substance abuse problems, and uh, so for me, you know, my, my early adulthood was, you know, drinking and then doing plenty of drugs. And it was pretty wild for, you know, at first it's just, you're doing it with your friends, right. And you're just having a good time with your buds. But for me personally, like I've always felt uncomfortable in my skin and was never really fully comfortable with myself, even when I was a kid and probably sure. had some, some depression and, and weird stuff, even, even as a kid. But then, um, you know, the first, and I don't think I've ever admitted this, but at least not in this forum, but you know, like the first time I ever, uh, drank whiskey by myself. And when, I, when I had a house to myself in a locked door and a bottle of Jack and a glass of ice, you know, that was the first time I ever felt relaxed. It was the very first time I was able to just be calm and just go, oh, man, this is it. There's nothing, nothing better than this. This is it right here. Yeah. And, and it was just the ultimate. And um, so, you know, I would drink with my friends and stuff like that, but I had this real uh, affinity for just um, using on my own, I guess, where I could just fully, fully relax. And I, you know, I guess sometimes I would zone out, but that's not really what I was using it for. Sometimes I would be productive while I was, you know, drinking and using, but, um, you know, that, I mean, that was just like the beginning of my story. And then, um, so how do you, how do you manage that now? I mean, have you like reached out? Have you gotten help? Have you gotten therapy or is this something you still struggle with or where are you at? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it will always be a battle, right? And and frankly, like running and signing up for these things, as funny as it is, it gives me like, it keeps me committed and mm. it keeps me on the, on the path, you know? Mm-hmm. It keeps me away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't really gone to counseling. I haven't really like, you know what I mean? That there's, there's, my wife is insane. Like I can't even explain like how she's like an angel, man. Like, mm-hmm. so seriously, like so pure, which almost makes me feel more guilty because I feel like this bad person, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't. And I'm not, I'm a super good person. And, but, but really what I, what's kind of helped me is, is for sure exercise and for sure getting out on those runs 
but also just like as I've gotten older I've come to like love myself more and I hear that all the time like love yourself love and it, I'm like dude come on like <laughs> it sounds so cliche and all that stuff but it's like it's like I am a good guy right like I am a good person and I have accomplished a lot of things and so when these doubts come in and these demons and and I wake up and I'm like, dude, I don't want to get out of bed today. Mm-hmm. Or when I, I lose my business and have to tell 50 employees that they don't have a job in two weeks, you know, and, and everything that we own and every, all the money that I've ever made is poured into this thing and it's gone. I, I got to start over. And, and the reality is it's okay. I can do it because I've done it before. So to me, that's, it's coming, coming to know myself more and coming to value myself more. And, and it's kind of evolved over time. I'm so sorry. Give me one. That's all right. You got one of my kids banging on the door. Give me one sec. For sure. Yeah. My man, Alex dropping knowledge, getting deep right from the beginning. I like it. Why, uh, why beat around the bush, right? Just jump right in and and start telling the story. I like it. By the way, I got some great podcasts coming up for you guys that uh, are sort of in this vein. So hang tight to anybody listening. I bet that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> that's all right. So, I got a man. I got a little puppy out there that's been barking. I, I've heard her bark a couple times. So I knew it. I'm literally in my. This is this just shows you how this goes. I got four kids. I love them. Yeah. But I'm literally hiding in this basement room right now <laughs> because it is the only place that that I thought I could hide out, and they found me, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> So, um, are you still involved with the church? So, yeah, I am. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I am. I, I think what's evolved is for me, I view things just so much more different than I did before. Mm-hmm. And so when I go to church, I'm like looking at everyone else and I'm like, look, like, I feel, I still feel like my perspective is so different than everyone else, mm-hmm. but I also understand more so more than ever, like, dude, all these people got issues. All all these people have demons Mm -hmm. and, and they may not be open about it and they're not going to talk about it, but they're there. And, and so, I mean, am I going to help people by keeping all this stuff in? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I'm not going to. And so why not fulfill my potential? Why not share with others? Hey, I got issues, man. I can help you out. Mm -hmm. I've been there. Well, people can relate to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how we help each other. That's what this podcast is for, you know, to inspire sure. other people. And, and, you know, if we can help other people along the way and, and pull people up, then, then that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in your church program, like, are you able to like seek help for any of this stuff there? Or is it very taboo or 
can you go outside of the church to, to get help or counseling or anything like that? Or is, is that kind of taboo? Like I'm not super familiar with the Latter-day Saints. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, of course I could go out. That's not taboo at all to go out outside. And frankly, that's where I'd rather go as funny as that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, within the church, the, the, I think the hardest thing is most of these people, I feel like they don't, I say, yeah, they all got demons now, but I feel like I've been down a completely different path and faced things that, that they literally couldn't relate to. Mm -hmm. And so it's tough to seek help inside because there's so few that I feel like have faced these issues and maybe that's ignorance, right? Maybe that's not true. Mm. Maybe they have, maybe they're, they're there, but, but it's not talked about and it's not open. And it's, it's, that's what I think makes it so hard, you know? Mm -hmm. For so sure. it's tough to talk about within because it's like, man, I, I don't want to feel that shame and that guilt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. When you grow up like that in, in, in uh, a church, like both of us did, there's a lot of shame involved. Yeah. And, you know, that is, I guess, kind of one of the bummers, you know, I mean, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shame just revolving around, uh, quote unquote, sin. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like, uh, in my religion, it was like, you know, sex before marriage, uh, drinking drugs, um, you know, the list goes on and on. But, uh, you know, off the top of my head, those were the things that I was feeling shame about, you know, yeah. and um, same, you know, same deal. Yeah. yeah. And it really beat me up. You know, it's like, I can come up with my own beliefs, but I'm so programmed to believe this other thing. And it's like, um, even if I say, okay, this is what is right and wrong for me, there's that shame. It never goes away. It's always yeah. going to be there because it's just programmed and instilled so deep. It's so true. It's like embedded in your soul. And I think that's like the hardest thing to break. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, so was it like opiates that you were messing around with or drinking or what were you up to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say it, it was mainly like opiates and, and yeah. alcohol and, and I never got into any like hard stuff, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was anything to escape like yeah. is as funny as that is it's just kind of like what you said it like there's people that would would drink and they'd want to party and all this other stuff and and like yeah i would do that too right but it wasn't about that for me it was like so much deeper it was so so much more involved and it was just about escaping the pain or escaping frankly the shame like mm -hmm. or or whatever it was and, and we talk about having demons and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And those were my demons. Mm -hmm. And, and the only way that I, that would suppress them, but they'd, they'd come right back. Yeah. And so you've got to be able to overcome. You can't suppress it. You've got to, you got to beat them. Mm -hmm. And cause they're, they're always going to be there. They're always going to come back. Yeah. So, yeah. So exercising and running is is one way to fight those demons or to kind of hold them at bay but like i've heard the saying from other people that you know while while you're 
you know, you think you're in a good spot. Your, your demons are out in the parking lot doing push-ups, getting ready for you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they never stop. They never stop. Yeah. So how do you, how do you combat your, your demons on a day-to-day basis? And like, I'm guessing in the last week or two, you haven't done a whole lot of running. So when those demons come knocking back, like how, like what's your process now? Do you have anything else that works? You, you know, a lot of it is, so w- when you do something like the Moab 240, as, as funny as that is, or you do like a, a race, you feel this sense of accomplishment. And it's like, you get 10 steps ahead of your demons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but, but like you said, they're still doing pushups in the park. Like they haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I have for the past couple of weeks. And so frankly, what does it for me? And, and maybe this is unhealthy, but like, I'm already looking at races that are, <laughs> that are, I just found out there was one in Arizona. It's 250 miles. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to go bigger. Right. But, but I'm like, but dude, this looks sick. Like, <laughs> so, so for me, it's like, okay, I need to do something next. I need to focus on something next. So, mm-hmm. so whether it's, it's like with work or doing a project for work or whatever else, or whether it's, it's accomplishing these milestones that helps me keep them at bay, I guess. Sure. And so, so, but you're right. Like, but, but it's an active thing that I have to keep doing. I have, if I, if I stop exercising for too long, dude, I'll be in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just, but signing up for these races or signing up for these events, it keeps me going. I'm forced to keep going, you know? Yeah. 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 And it was the same for me, man. Like, you know, if I signed up for a race six months away, then I'm going to spend that six months training to get myself up to a certain level. And I'm not going to be, you know, my demons aren't going to be all that close. Like maybe one or two days a week, I let the demons come in and I play with them a little bit. But for the most part, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm training, and then the race comes and then I'm feeling great about myself. But you know, that's like a distraction tech tactic, you know, you're not really like facing the demons and, and, and like facing what, like why these demons are here and really, really facing your problems. So have you thought about that? Like, have you, have you tried, tried to like really sit and get still with yourself and and wonder where these demons are coming from and how you're going to deal with them. If, if you lost your legs in a couple of weeks, like God forbid, forbid, you wouldn't be able to run. Like, like then what? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a super good point. I mean, and, and I know it sounds super funny, but you're right. I mean, coming back to exercising, a lot of that therapy is taking place in my head while that's, while that's going on, Mm -hmm. but it'll continue afterwards. And so for me, a lot of it is so mental mm-hmm. and, and keeping, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and mm-hmm. I listen to like a lot, a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and I try to make sure that they're positive, but I have tried literally in my thought process, like, for example, this is so stupid, but it's just a typical example posting the Instagram. It's like, dude, I don't want to post these lengthy stories. Cause I'm like embarrassed. I'm like, no one cares. You know, that there's this voice in my head, like, no one cares, dude. Like, why would you post this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. like Alex, no one cares about what you did. Like 
they're sick of hearing your stories. There's all this doubt of like what everyone else is going to think of me and all this other stuff. And it's like, I'm like mentally I have to sit, sit back and say, look, there are a few people who are saying this is helping them. It's inspiring them. And if I can affect or influence a few people for the better, that's all that matters. Screw everyone else. I didn't do this for, for them. I did this for me. And so, so a lot of it is me mentally, the voice inside my head, because we, we talk about these demons. I think a lot of it is me, right? They're the voices in my head. And, and it's me that's doing that talking. Mm -hmm. I'm controlling those voices. And so I try to step back and realize, hey, Alex, you are in control of the voices in your head. Let's not be negative. Let's be positive. You know, let's not think this way. And, and let's forget about other people and what they think of us. That doesn't matter. What matters is me and my family. And anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're married. What, what about you? Oh, go, go. No, I, I was just going to say like, like what's your family life look like? I mean, you have four kids, so I'm guessing you have a healthy family life and you said your wife's an angel. Um, but she must know about some of these demons that, that you're fighting with as well. Like what, what does that look like for a family man on, on a daily basis? So I, I think for, for her, it's like, like she grew up, in an LDS family as well, right? But her family dynamic is completely different than mine. And, and like, yeah, I'm sure her parents fought growing up, right? But, but likely probably not like my parents fought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that's the case, you know? They're, but, but her being exposed to me, like she knew me growing up, we were friends. We didn't, we weren't dating, but we were friends kind of growing up. And so I kind of knew the home she grew up in and, and she knew the home that I grew up in, but she just has this level of like purity and acceptance. That's like crazy. So I think it's hard for her to understand and comprehend, mm -hmm. but like she's so loving and, and like forgiving to me and accepting of me and she believes in me. Right. And she knows I can, I can overcome these things. And she's, she knows the type of person that I really am. So is it hard for her? For sure. It's hard for her, I think, mm -hmm. but, but, but she deals with it and it doesn't mean that it's easy for us in general, like any relationships mm -hmm. difficult, but my wife is, is insane. Like she is, she's a super driven person, a super pure person, heart of gold, like you, if you met her, you would be like instantly feel comfortable and you'd instantly love her. She just, just the type of person she is, but, but yeah, sorry. I, I don't, I don't mean to trail off there, but as far as dynamic, I mean, it's, we got issues, we fight sometimes and that stuff, but it, we're, we're a team. And I think as we get older, we like understand each other more. We understand each other's needs. And we adapt to that and we work together to help each other fulfill our goals. And it's, it's huge. So, yep. and, and in fact, Oh, go ahead. No, I just said, God bless her. You know, I know. 
I that's mean, <laughs> she's got to deal with me, dude. <laughs> Same here, man. I mean, I'm engaged to be married and, uh, I've got, Congrats, that's awesome. thanks. I've got an angel too. And, and same thing. She's, she's a normie, you know, she, she doesn't understand addiction or any sort of mental health issues. Um, and she just doesn't have any, any tendencies like that at all. Like not even close. Yeah. And, uh, so, but she's very understanding and, um, you know, we've, we've talked through everything multiple times and, um, you know, she's, she's there for me and she's been there through, through some really tough stuff. So, um, you know, if you've been there for me through tough stuff and haven't give up, given up on me, I'm not going to give up on you and I got yeah. your back forever. So, um, it creates, yeah, man. A, creates a bond. I think that maybe is more of a, a benefit or a blessing than even some, some couples have the opportunity to have, you know? That's so. true. Yeah. Yeah. Scar tissue just makes you stronger, right? Heck yeah. 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 As painful as it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow, man. So, well, we just went off into the deep end. Like, right I'm away. Sorry. So, no, it's, it's... perfect. <laughs> I love it. It, it. This is my wheelhouse, man. I love this stuff. So yeah. it's good. It's good. Um, so, so you mentioned that you lost your business and it was a huge disappointment and, and, you know, I'm sure that that brought all kinds of feelings along with it, but like, how did you bounce back and, and where did you go from there? And, and how did you eventually find running then? So the truth, the truth is, man, for quite a few months, I didn't bounce back. Mm. I was in this flipping, this dark hole mm. and, and it's, it was literally, it was failure and it was disappointment. And it was like, there's literally like no hope because I mean, we were killing it. We were making great money. And, and, and for a, for a guy like supporting his family or anyone who's supporting their family and, and like you've done and, and poured your soul into this, dude, it just, to have that taken away from you, it just freaking rips you apart. Mm -hmm. And so I can't even explain it. Like in a, if I do, I'll get like super emotional because mm -hmm. it's just, it was, it was a horrible, a horrible time. And, and what I told my wife before is I'm like, Hey, we're risking everything on this business. I mean, we had $10 million in assets and, wow. and my house is on the line and, mm. and, and we're signed on all this stuff and, and it's me, right? It's not her, but, but I'm like, we could lose our house. And she literally, I remember like, I told her that before we even started and she just looked at me, she's like, I don't care about the damn house. She's mm -hmm. like, I could care less. Mm -hmm. She's like, I could live in a shack and be happy. And she, she's was the one that kind of, she's like, you should go for what you want to go for, like go for this. And so anyway, so, so I knew that she was there, but when it really happens and I, we didn't lose our house, we're not going to lose our house, but, right. but we lost everything else I'd worked for, for eight years, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so when that happens, it really is a testing. It's kind of a test too, because it's like, is she was she for reals? Like, is she really mm -hmm. gonna stick around through all this shit that we're mm -hmm. dealing with? Mm -hmm. And so, but but she did, and she was there. And so 
I, I tried to drown in my sorrow, you know, for quite a, for three, four months there when I had to shut down my facility and, and let go of my employees. But I have a grandfather who's super cool. My dad is insanely supportive and he was involved in the business too. And, and my dad was so concerned about like my emotional state and everything else. He's just like, look, Alex, this doesn't matter. There's nothing you can control in this. You have to move forward. And, and so I did, but it wasn't, you know, one day I woke up and it was all okay. It was living hell. Mm -hmm. And so it was slowly taking the steps and it was signing up for the race and it was signing up for another race. And it was reaching out to Michael McKnight to see if he'd coach me. And it was reaching out to other friends. And, and I had a lot of friends that were supportive and a lot of friends that reached out to me and were like, Hey man, it's all right. Like you're going to make it through this mm-hmm. and you're going to be a hundred times stronger and a hundred times better in every way for this. So anyway did did anybody know about this dark spot that you were in it's i mean you said your dad was really supportive and kind of worried about you but did you have like other friends or or other family that that knew exactly what was going on i don't think anyone knew and i frankly i don't think anyone really still does know Mm. i mean i had a seven million dollar life insurance policy Mm. and and i was like dude I'm in a better situation if I'm dead than <laughs> for my family and stuff too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and as funny as that sounds and like, that's going real deep, but that's, that's where I was at. Yeah. I'm like, but yeah, I don't think people knew to that extent. My wife knew I was struggling big time and she was supportive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, but frankly, it was super lonely, even with her being there. And it, it's not her fault, right? It, it's just, it was a super lonely and super dark time. And, and I really think those are the times when you have to pick yourself up too. And you can't, you need other people, but you've ultimately got to make the decision to pull through and you've got to make the decision to move forward, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, so did, do you feel like you hit like a rock bottom and then you eventually bounced back up from that? And did you seek out help from other people or did you try and just kind of manage this on your own and and sign up for some races and and slowly work your way out of this? I, I should have sought out help Mm -hmm. from friends, you know, and I, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, it was a lonely time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't reach out. And I, I really should have, because looking back, super dangerous, right? I mean, yeah. when when people, when you're in a low spot like that, man, you shouldn't stay there for long. You got to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there, man. So, I mean, was that something that was like seriously going through your head? Like your family would be better off without you? Were those thoughts uh, like real thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want to sound like, and I don't want like a, it's not a pity party either, right? No, I mean, not at all. I've had those exact thoughts. That's why I'm asking. It's like logically, like I'm, I'm a super logical person too. I mean, I'm, I'm emotional, right? But like, I'm super logical when it comes down to it. And I'm like, literally, like if I died, 
our financial position for my family and my family's future would be better right now. Mm -hmm. And and it was like, I don't know what I'm going to, what am I going to do for a career? How am Mm -hmm. I going to support my family? Mm -hmm. Because here we are, we're living a great lifestyle. And all of a sudden the rug just gets ripped out from underneath you. And it's like, dude, it's over. Yeah. Everything I've worked for, everything I've done, it's, it's over and there, and I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did did it ever enter your head to like get into a recovery program or like seek out some therapy or anything like that? Or is this just like, cause I've done it both ways. I've, I've been like, I, you know, I, I grew up on, um, John J. Rambo, like Rambo didn't go talk to people. He didn't go see yeah. a therapist. You know, he did it. He did it on his own. And he's a we tough don't need dude. that shit. We yeah. don't need it, man. Look at Chuck <laughs> Norris, man. I grew up on Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I'm like those guys didn't go to therapy. They didn't go to a recovery program. So like, you know, I tried re- like really hard to sort of manage things on my own, but eventually it just got too out of control where I had to seek the help of strangers. Yeah. I mean, there has been times previously when I have done that, like where I have gone to, to programs and I've gone to some groups and things like that. And dude, I'm super prideful. I'm freaking super prideful in that aspect. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but more so it's, it's almost the, the best therapy for me has been like getting relationships with people in, in trail running and funny stuff, like, yep. and, and being more open, like with my family members, mm-hmm. because I, I've That's got th- three or four other, or I three or four other, I've got, I've got a brother and I've got two sisters and they, they grew up in the same household as me. Like they know, they know they face the same things I faced. And mm-hmm. so, and like, like opening up to them and building relationships with them has been super helpful. And that's, those relationships have been strengthened over the past few years. Good. My dad and my mom, like there's been times in my life when I've been super upset with both of them and super resentful. And they've, that times, those times have kind of lapsed, right? Like, like now I have these amazing relationships with my parents Mm. and that's super healing for me. Mm -hmm. And, and I've come to accept that like, yeah, they, they made mistakes, but like they're human and they're just little kids in an adult body, just like I am. Right. Totally. Yeah. So, so for me, I think that's been the biggest healing thing is, and, and we talked about, you said, Alex, have you faced some of those demons? I think those demons exist a lot there and, and building the relationships there and forgiving people in general in my life. I think those are those are major steps for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So big time. That's, that's what's healing right there is, is admitting resentments, um, finding forgiveness and rebuilding those relationships. That's huge. I'm still going through that with my family and, and old, old friends of mine. Um, that's, that's huge right there. Um, so what do you, have you, like what's your career now? Have you found work or what are you doing now? Yeah. So, so it, everything kind of worked out super good actually. So I've got a grandfather that uh, has been doing real estate. Oh yeah. 
development for quite a while. He's 89. Mm. He's the man. He's just <laughs> still comes into work every day, but he's, he's got, there's a lot of opportunity there, there for me because there's no one that's kind of embracing and taking over his stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's been a great transition and he's, he's like, thinks it's like a godsend, right? Because he's like, man, he's like, I know. And we've had some pretty deep and intense conversation. He's like, look, I know that you have gone through a ton of suffering and stuff with this last deal and this last business. And he's like, but I genuinely believe it was, it was meant to happen. You, ha you had to learn these lessons. You had to go through that pain. Mm -hmm. He's like, and there's a perfect opportunity for you to hear, for you here to continue what we've done. And so I've kind of fallen into that and it's been really good. And, and I, I love it actually. It's, well, it's really fun. Was that hard to hear that, um, you know, you went through all this suffering for, a, for a reason. Was that, <laughs> was that difficult or was that easy to accept? It's hard. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, that's hard. Cause yeah. it's like, why, why me? You know, why do you right. say that I had to go through that? Right. But, but he went through some similar stuff back in the eighties, I think, you know, and, and where he almost lost everything. Mm. And, and he knows how emotional that was for him and his family. And, and so he's like, he's like, you have to weather the storm. Like, like the strength that it brings you is it's something that most people will never even have the opportunity to experience. And I'm like the opportunity, <laughs> but, but he's right. Like I mm -hmm. see he's right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to find some sort of a correlation between, you know, your own, you know, sort of life suffering. And then what do you do? You, you sign up for the hardest race that you're going to yeah. suffer so hard in like, <laughs> and, and I think that's, I know that that does sound so funny, but, but that's what I've learned really. Like, I'm 32. I'm not super old. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> I got a lot of life in me. Absolutely. And, and the times that I have grown the most have been the hardest times. And, and it's like through this suffering is greatness. Mm -hmm. Like on the other side of that suffering is flipping greatness. Mm -hmm. And so I am, I'm, I, it's sick, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I love it. Yeah. Like, I love it because I know on the other side what it feels like. Mm -hmm. I know there's, there's a light at the end of that tunnel. And every time I suffer and every time I, every time I get those new scars, I'm stronger, I'm better. And, and I've just come to, it's like a principle, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier that, that, um, you know, you feel like you're here for almost like another purpose to do big things. Right. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about, you know, taking all this and using it somehow to help other people to like find some niche little way where, you know, people who have been through the same sort of struggles where you could relay that experience and, and sort of share your, your strength and hope. I would love to. And, and part of what, what hurt big time in, in the business that I had is I had all these employees and we had this recycling facility and, and a lot of the employees were actually 
they actually were people that had they were in work release from jail or they had they mm. had had trouble getting a job somewhere else and so we would literally take them these minimum wage employees who didn't have a job before and a lot of them had drug issues and whatever else and they came from this super rough background and it was like it was like taking them and saying dude i believe in you mm. and you can be the man you can be the line leader this manager and we're going to train you how to do it and you can go from making minimum wage to 20 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And for them, that was so monumental, right? Like so big to them and it gave them purpose. And, and they didn't, they wouldn't have had that if they didn't know that I believed in them. Mm -hmm. And, and so having employees is one way that I have kind of done that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. We, we do still have some employees now in the current business I'm working in. And, and I love, I love doing that, but, but yeah, I would love to get into something that would like allow me to, to help other people find their potential mm -hmm. because I just wish people knew what they could really do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I feel like that's what you were meant to do, man like you can't go through hell for like no reason and to, to almost to like get nothing out of it or to give nothing out of it either. You yeah. know, it's like, if, if you have, if you have to sink to that bottom and that's part of your story for whatever reason, you got to find a way to, to, to give it back, man. And, and whether it's, yeah, I don't know, whatever that looks like for you, it's different for everybody to help, yeah. help people or, or, whether it's through, you know, a podcast or share being more open on, on social media or, you know, holding a little seminar, whatever you want to do, you know, totally. um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like you could, you could definitely find a, find a way to help people. So no, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Well, you, you having a platform, you're helping people, right? I mean, I, people don't listen to these podcasts, just, I mean, people, they want to be open and exposed and they want to know that people go through these other struggles. And, and I think you're right. I'll be honest. I had no intention. And in fact, it's super uncomfortable for me to share stuff, mm -hmm. personal stuff, yeah. especially, but it's like, what the hell? Why? Because I'm scared of what people think. I mean, no, we, we need to share this stuff with people, mm -hmm. you know, yep. it's for their benefit. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff that resonates with people. And, you know, even if their experience isn't exactly similar to yours, they've had other struggles in, in other aspects of their lives and they're going to be able to relate. Um, that's what I found anyway. So I, I appreciate your, you being candid and, and open and honest. And it, yeah, it's something, well, it's, yeah, it's something that I struggle with too. Like, you know, I haven't really come out and told my full, full story. You know, yeah. I let little bits and pieces of it kind of drop here and there. But um, yeah, same thing, because, you know, in a way, I'm still sort of in it, you know, I'm, I'm not completely removed from it, like I'm still mending relationships with friends, family, um, I'm, I'm still trying to get myself better, you know, yep. I'm not 100% yet, I might be, I might be like 90% right now, like my life's in a pretty good spot right now, and I am getting better every day. And I'm way better than I was a year ago, three years ago, five years ago. And I'm so thankful for that. But it's but hard, dude, man. 
it's super hard, but like I, I, what you just described is it literally like exactly probably how I feel or how I justify with like not coming out and sharing my story mm-hmm. with people. But I think, I think we need to, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I need to, I need to do that more so and not, and I'm pretty fearless with most things. I need to be more fearless with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Do big things. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, man. So we, we plumbed the depths. <laughs> let's, let's achieve some, some big heights now. Like, but how do you feel? Like, I mean, it seems like you're kind of new at sharing this, this part of yourself. Do you feel okay right now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good. Good. Yeah. Right on, dude. Right on. Well, yeah, like I said, I appreciate your, your honesty and I think uh, people are going to be able to identify with it for sure. So, yeah. All right, man. So, um, so running, so you got into running to, right. quell, to quell these demons. Um, yeah. and, um, you haven't really done all that many races, have you? So no. So <laughs> this is super gnarly. <laughs> and and probably people are like dude this guy is an idiot <laughs> but i don't care right no so so i done speed goat okay literally that is the only ultra i have ever done <laughs> okay. that is it so 50k 50k yep in okay. uh do, do you know have you done speed goat i never have dude i want to like, i really want to on my list it's insane okay i barely survived it really i mean like barely made the cutoffs and Mm. i I had a an it band issue during the race but but that was it Mm. so everyone's like like we're like running with guys during the during moab and i'm running alongside him and and everyone i talked to is like oh yeah dude i've done 100 at least yeah like and i'd be they'd be like what have you done i'm like uh i did speed goat and and they're like what you've done 32 miles i'm like yeah but one guy was like dude speed goat is harder than free it's a harder than the hundred i did uh, yeah it's an so early like, course yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so why didn't you want to do a hundred or even a 50 mile first why did you dive so deep into the 240 mile moab I think there is, there is, uh, some bliss to the ignorance. Like there is, there is this, if you don't know, you don't have the fear, right? Like, like I had no idea what I was really getting into (laughs) and therefore I couldn't really fear it. Mm -hmm. And so I see these people doing this. I'm like, dude, these guys are running 240 miles. Okay. I'm training. Mm -hmm. i'm i'm working hard i'm being consistent if these guys can do it i know mentally i can do it Mm -hmm. and if i have to drag my body there i'll do it which isn't may not be the brightest thing (laughs) (laughs) but but that's just kind of how how i've played in life a little bit too it's like it's like if i see this guy capable of doing it i know i can do that Mm -hmm. and so I'm not going to mess around. Let's just go. Yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty badass. I like it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but 
<laughs> what and, and I just figure, frankly, like, what do I have to lose? Like, I'm not, I might lose my thousand dollar Moab fee that I paid, but like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that's painful, but, but what do I have to lose? I got nothing to prove to anybody. No one knows who the hell I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not in the running scene, like all these, most yeah. everyone. So let's just go. Yeah, well, true, but you know, you're, it sounds like your family came out to help you. You had pacers, you had crew. Dude, craziest so, story about the pacers though. And you okay. got to understand this. Yeah. My dad, so my dad, my wife, and my nine-year-old son came. Uh-huh. And I frankly, I just was like, I just want you guys to see me finish this thing, right? Like, I want you to be there. Come say hi at the aid stations, blah, blah, blah. Well, they had no clue what they were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> so so like mile like what was it it was it was uh it was the stretch from uh after i got to i got to geyser no i got to shea mountain and then the next day i struggled i i got like the bloody nose and i i was dehydrated and it was flipping raining sideways at us that mm-hmm. day the wind's blowing it was super lonely that day like i was in a mental rut and and they saw me they were tracking me and i think that they were literally like my wife is like what the heck like what <laughs> he's toast my dad they don't say anything they just look at me when i come into that next aid station and they're just like you okay <laughs> and all of a sudden my wife shows up with this pacer bib uh-huh. and i'm like babe what are you doing you have like this is 16 miles straight up the mountain does she run? No, <laughs> but she's like super fit. Like she's, okay. she's like one of those freak of natures. Right. Yep. So in part and half of it, and I mentioned this in my little Instagram stories, but she's just missing out on the fun. Like, if you know my wife, she's just like, this is boring. Kind of like just being here. Like I, I want to jump in. Yep. And, and so she jumped in, dude shoot like she's wearing my pants she's wearing my jogger she's wearing my jacket <laughs> my dad had a camel back in the back of the truck just luckily uh-huh. and she's just like let's go and i'm like you're insane she's a gamer she's a gamer <laughs> then then she's she i'm texting i had this zoeo deal because i didn't know i had service and so that first leg was 16 miles with me and I'm texting my dad and I'm like, hey, come pick up Cammie. Cammie's my wife's name. Mm-hmm. Come pick her up at the next aid station. Well, she's texting him. I had no idea. <laughs> she's like, don't get me. I'm going on another one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we get there. I'm like, where's my dad? She's like, he's not coming. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, I told him not to. I'm like, what? How did you? <laughs> so uh... <laughs> insane. Wow. So how, like I saw some pictures of some pretty gnarly blisters. And if I remember right, like, I think I saw a picture of your wife, like hiking along with no shoes or like one <laughs> shoe or something. So, so it, it sounds like you guys have huge hearts and you, you're like, you'll jump in and, and go for this thing, but you're slightly underprepared, 100%. But, <laughs> but you totally did it anyways. 100%. I mean, was it just you guys like hobbling into the finish? Or how, like how, how far did she pace you? So she paced me though. There was two sections. One was up geyser, which is 
stupid elevation. And so that was 16 miles. She did it another one, like across to actually to the geyser aid station. So this is from, so she did from road 46 to pole Canyon and from pole Canyon to uh, geyser. And then I'm getting ready, like literally like just resurrected from the dead. Just, just decided like, dude, if I'm going to, my quads were done. I don't know what the deal is still with them, but they were just done. I could hardly walk. At what point? That was it, got, it coming into geyser. So that's like about mile 200. Okay. And you got 40 miles to go. And we got 40 miles to go. <laughs> so, so she had run out of water on that leg. Didn't tell me. So like she was dehydrated. I was dehydrated. I was literally barely moving. Like every time my, my knee would flex and I'd lock out, I was like walking with my poles because the pain was just horrible in the bottom of my quads. I thought I, I thought I had rhabdo, like your mind. I'm like, I got rhabdo, man. I'm yeah. dying. <laughs> so anyway, we, my, I, I mentioned this in that story, but my mom's like, my, I lay down in the truck. My dad is like flossing my toes, like getting all the dirt out, had all those blisters. My feet had started swelling. And I was like, I don't know at this point. Like I, I wasn't done. I, I had committed before the race, like I'm finishing, okay. but I had genuine fear. Like, what if I can't? Mm -hmm. And, and so my, my dad's prepping me and and he's, and none of us kind of knew, no one was saying anything like, are you going to keep going or whatever? I think they kind of thought that was the end, but I'm laying in my truck and I get this message from my mom and she's like, 200 miles is great. And I'm like, the hell, like, are they calling this for me or what? <laughs> and it was like, all of a sudden, like all this power came over me. And I don't think it was from my mom's message, but it was like, I don't know if people were like praying for me or what, but it was like, I couldn't sleep and lay in the back of that truck. And I'm like, Alex, you have to finish. Like I just kept. And so, so I told my dad, I'm like, let's just go. Let's go. I start getting ready. I go stretch. And then my wife runs around the corner and she was asleep in the front seat. Like she, she resurrected <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I'm coming with you. And I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you just went 35 miles and this leg is 21. It's on the road mainly. And she's just like, no, I'm going. Wow. So <laughs> we trudged through the night, man. Like it was a death march and she was <laughs> toast too. But, but, uh, and she was crying at one point because we went, <laughs> we went, yeah, she broke. <laughs> But, but yeah, you, you mentioned her walking towards the end of that. We're walking in, we're on sand flats road, which is almost a porcupine rim. And she had this blister that had been bugging her. And she's like, these shoes are like wooden clogs. Like she's just so upset. And she saw this sand on the side of the road. And it was like, she saw the sand and it was like an oasis. And she's just like, oh. I just want to put my feet in the sand. <laughs> She's like, I'm taking my shoes off. And I knew we had two and a half miles to go. I'm like, babe, do not take off your shoes. Like that's probably the worst thing you could ever do. Cause you got to put them back on. Right. 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 So 
we keep marching on and we're like silent half asleep and i look over and she's got her shoes off and she's like kicking in the sand like waving her hands i'm like what are you doing <laughs> she's like this feels so good it's amazing uh, so she literally walked two and a half miles no shoes uh, on the road right on the road uh. <laughs> she's it was pretty gnarly so. was she pretty beat up at the end did she have some gnarly blisters she she had a couple blisters on her feet not as bad as you not not so bad she her body's she's like a superhuman though she like like she has she has a baby and she's up and walking around like six hours later it's wow she's incredible that (laughs) way wow wow so we might need to bring her on our pacer team man dude honestly (laughs) you should like she's no training for this like she'd run she'd probably run like 10 12 miles a week okay but (laughs) unreal (laughs) <laughs> 50 to 57 miles total i think is what she did wow incredible incredible so, and you did 240 how yeah. much did you sleep out there so the first night i got in about 2 a.m slept for about an hour okay and we timed that like i was like i was gonna try to push through and i was like nah dude, i'm way too tired uh-huh. and so slept an hour that night second night uh I think I did about an hour and a half, third night, an hour, fourth night. I tried to sleep an hour, an hour and it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I probably got about 20 minutes. Wow. But on the 21 mile stretch, the last stretch my wife did, we were so tired and she was so tired. We, we actually just pulled off on the side of the road, got an emergency bivy cause it was super cold. We both climbed in the bivy. <laughs> we ended up, ended up tearing the second time, but <laughs> but uh, set a timer for 15 minutes, and that was like some of the best sleep, dude. Just wow. Alarm hits, boom, we're up and going again. And that like, I I wish I could explain the difference that makes. It's like insane. Wow. Um. So backing up, there. If I read your post right, and I might have read it wrong, but. And I'm not sure what wave you started in either, but did you just take off like, I don't, like trying to win the race or were you, <laughs> what was going on at the beginning? So, so uh, I, I was scheduled to start at 6.15. So fastest runners started at seven, right? Okay. And there was a six o'clock wave, 6.15, 6 6.30, 6.45, 7. So okay. Candace the race director sent an email out and she's like, Hey, if you want to change your race time, you got to change it now. And this is like two weeks before the race. And I just got thinking about it. I'm like, dude, I don't care if I'm in the slowest heat, let's just go. Mm. And I'm like, I, I had started out last time and there's something mental to me with being out in front in the beginning. Like, because when we started together last year at Moab, dude, you just get lost in the crowd. It's like overwhelming. And there's this anxiety of everyone going, Okay. So I'm like, let's start at six. So I, I requested that to Candace. She obliged and I was like, heck yeah. So, so we started at six and I felt so good. I felt so good that morning. And, and I, we started out and I was like, dude, I'm in front. I'm like, I better chill out, <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm not winded. My heart rate's good. Like, let's just go. 
-hmm. and I'll, I'll get, while I'm feeling good, let's just ride the wave. Mm -hmm. So I did. So, so first aid station, basically through like mile 12, I led the race, right? But I, I wasn't technically leading the race time-wise because Goggins was about to start and, right. and uh, Graglia and, and yeah. So, so yeah, when I felt it, I went hard. And that really, I think, helped me in the end. How so? Just, I think a lot of it's mental, but right. I, I think a lot of it too was like, I was out in front. I, I got a good head start with a good pace. Mm -hmm. And man, facing the stuff I did towards the end, I needed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so going back a little bit more, I know I'm not doing this in order and that's my bad. No, you're but, good. Um, how much training did you do for this? You said you hired a coach and you said that, you know, from the year previous, you had lost a bunch of weight and started this ketogenic diet. Um, how, how deep did you get into this training? And, and was the diet part of that training ramping the up for this? So the diet, the diet was kind of happened since, like I mentioned about going through that dark time with the business and all that. Dude, I, I got up to like 217. Like, mm. So I'm, I'm 5'11", really. I call myself six, but I'm 5'11". Me too. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I got up to about 217 and, huh. and I'm like, I had signed up for this race in January and I'm like, man, if I'm going to do this, I really got to commit. I really got to, I got to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. So I started doing the keto just by myself, like no guidelines, just read a little bit about it. And dude, I started shedding the pounds and, and I was running consistently, but I didn't really have a program. That was probably back in like March. So, so I reached out to Michael McKnight and found out that he was doing coaching. And that was probably April or June when I really started coaching with him. Okay. And he set me up on a program. And frankly, I wasn't running a ton of mileage. Like I wasn't like my longest run was 15 miles. And I didn't do that in a single setting. I don't know that Michael McKnight knows that, <laughs> but like what, what I would do is I would break it up. I'd say, okay, I'm going five miles and then I'm going 10 or, okay. and I would do two a days. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, but dude, I bet my average mileage was genuinely probably like 25 to 35 miles a week. <laughs> okay. Like don't, I, are people going to hate me if I say that? Like, no, not at all. I mean, what was your coach prescribing for you to do? It was about that. It was about that. But really? No, I think he was maybe more like 35 or 40. That's still kind of low for a big race like that. Well, it was, but, but he also was like, he knew that I had just like lost a bunch of weight or was losing a bunch of weight in the process. Mm -hmm. But like he was building me up mileage wise. And then he, uh, strength training i implemented a bunch of strength training which was huge good like honestly i think that's make or break for me yeah because the strength training was was monumental mm. but but yeah michael mcknight when i told him i was going to do the race like six weeks before he's like you're doing moab he's like i thought you were postponing it dude and he's so we had a little miscommunication there and I think he was actually genuinely super worried about it. <laughs> uh, did he, what, what, 
what, what did he say? Was he encouraging or? He, he when I told him, he, he just, yeah, he responded right away. He's like, he's like, all right. Okay. And, and he's just like, okay, I'll lay it out so that your schedule fits that. Okay. But he didn't say much else, but I, I think he was probably for sure. He was taken back. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. So yeah, you, you do sound like you were slightly underprepared for this, but yeah. you did it, man. You gutted it out. Yeah. Like what was going through, like your dad was there your wife was there. I mean, when you, it's your wife's a gamer, obviously, what, what was your dad thinking? Like you said that they were severely underprepared for this too. Like when they saw you coming into aid stations and they saw the state that you were in, which sounds like could have been better. <laughs> like what was going through their head? Were they worried? Were, were they, did they think you were crazy? What was happening? So personality wise, like they're, they're quite my wife's like super nice and friendly but she's not like super crazy outgoing and mm -hmm. and my dad is super quiet okay so like they're the people that like you i love I, I shouldn't say this now i want to be stuck on an island with my wife forever but but uh my dad just doesn't he just doesn't communicate his feelings at all okay. or his concerns really he rarely will do that, but you can just see it in his eyes. <laughs> and, and my wife won't be like, she's not like super like you can do it. Let's go. She's, she's, she'll be super concerned too. She won't say a single word. So like, really, I just tried to play off their, their reaction and their, their facial expressions. <laughs> and yeah, they, they, there was a couple of times they were like, holy crap. Yeah. They're, they're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Oh. but they never said anything like there was no talk ever of like it's over or, you okay or you don't have to do this you know like they would never say that to me which i love so normally in ultra running you know like i encourage my runners to have a, a chat with their pacers and crew beforehand and and convey that to them get that through that you know we don't want any negative self-talk it's not over till it's over just keep just your job is to get me to the finish line did yeah. you coach them up for this at all or was it just somewhat instinctual on their part the conversation that i had with both of them was look i need you to tell me that i can do it that's all i and i said i i even said like i might be an asshole like mm -hmm. i might be like screw you guys. Like, yeah, I'm like, expect me to be an asshole. And I never was luckily, but, <laughs> but I'm like, you guys just tell me I can do it. Okay. And that's all I, that's your main purpose. And that's all I want you to do. Mm. And wow. I don't even think they did that though. Really. They're just, <laughs> but they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's powerful, man. It's powerful stuff. It's good. So what was, what was the biggest what was the lowest point out there? Coming off of geyser. Um, when my quads started, I could, they weren't locking up. It was like, they were, they were like cramping, but it was not cramping. I, I think it was tendonitis or something, or I think that they, I, I don't know. I think my quads were so tight. It was like rubbing on my patellar tendons in there or something. I don't know mm. what it was, mm. but it was the, it was the fear that I wouldn't be able to finish 
because I couldn't like literally wouldn't be able to like walk or move efficiently enough. I'd say that was a, probably the super, the lowest point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was so, the highest point? Did you have any moments where you're just like, this is what I'm born to do. This is amazing. Dude. We, and I mentioned this in my Instagram stories a little bit, but it was right after that when for some reason, my phone, like, connected this zolio deal it's like a gps messaging deal okay or satellite messaging and it would bluetooth to your phone and so but sometimes it would cut in and out but right after we started going again i got this flood of messages like from my family and from like random people that i'm like dude you didn't even know i was racing and they're like we're following you you're doing amazing like we're and that was like, that was a super high point. And I can't explain the power behind that. Like, and maybe I was just emotional. You know how it is in the race. Like mm-hmm. there's emotional points too. Mm-hmm. But like, man, every time I got a message during that, I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not ever doing a race without this thing. <laughs> I'm, I need, I need that constant love. But what happened is it just, it just all hit at once, literally like 20 people. And I'm, I'm just like, all these people like believe in me, man. Like they're all watching me and like they all have genuine concern for me and they all believe in me. Mm -hmm. And so that was huge. And another point was at the very end was so rad. Uh, Porcupine rim. There's all these bikers and they're super cool. And they're just like, dude, are you running 240 miles? (laughs) They're like, no that's not even real and like they were like i would pass these bikers back and forth you know and like they would stop and then i'd pass them and they're just like keep rallying bro keep rallying (laughs) and like like i turned on some music at the end and i was just listening to it and some of it was like rob bailey and and like screaming and stuff music i'm like sorry my music's a little intense guys they're like no bro just keep going you're killing it and like they were all there's this parking lot where you come off of porcupine rim and all the bikers were there and I was running by, I was like by myself, there was no one close really. And they're just all just like cheering me on and just like, they were so cool. And that was like, that was just a super cool moment. I think mm-hmm. so. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then you limped across the finish line. Dude, just hobbled. Was it pretty ugly? It was it was pretty ugly. What was your finishing time? 107. Wow. Incredible. Hours. Incredible. I mean, you so, did it, man. I know. What uh how did you Got celebrate? There. What what was it like at the finish line? Did you eat? Did you pass out? So it was really it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my wife was there and the crazy thing is my my actually my dad was waiting for me before at the bridge. It's about a quarter mile before. So I just gave him a big old hug. My son was there. He ran in with me. My son did. Mm. And I come around the corner and my grandfather, my mom, my oh. aunt and uncle were all there. And Surprise. I had no clue. Wow. Yeah. That's special. So, so like I ran in, they were all there waiting and I just like broke down and just crying and then wow. crossed the finish line and, and just 
went straight to my wife, gave her a big hug. Mm -hmm. And I was just, just crying, dude. It was, it was super cool. Wow. That's huge. That's crazy. <laughs> You're next, man. You need to do, you need to do this. I know, man. I Stop know this. I, I know. I know. I really want to, um, just with, with, I've had a few conversations now with people who did Moab and other people in the past who've done two hundreds and, I've done a handful of hundreds and now, yeah, I'm really starting to think about it, man. I, I really, really want to, and I think it's going to happen. That's awesome. Yeah, man. It's a special deal. It is. It's, it's a special deal. Like, and Moab is really beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's way different than hundreds mm -hmm. because hundreds you're, you'd probably crush me in a hundred time-wise. <laughs> you probably, you'd crush me in a 200, right? But it's just, it was about the finish and it wasn't about, I mean, it's a super special race, I think. It's, yeah. it's really cool. That's cool. You sound to me like you're either mentally really strong or like mentally really stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think it is? And if you think, I mean, if you think you're mentally strong, like be honest, like don't worry about being humble. Dude, I've been, I've been through some difficult stuff. Yeah. And so frankly, like that's the only reason I probably had an, enough gusto to even sign up for Moab mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm like, I mentally, I mentally, I can get through anything. Yeah. And, and that's, so I would say I'm mentally strong. I, I'm not super stubborn or like super prideful in like a competitive way mm -hmm. where it's like, man, I just, I'll never let this guy pass me or whatever. Like I'm more just like, if I commit to it, I'm going. Wow. So that's, that's, that's that, there's a lot of scar tissue there though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, it's funny, man. Like that's how I always looked at hundred milers too. It's like, like mentally I've been through harder stuff, you know, I'm sure 200 yeah. is, is a different world, but it's like, you know, people are like, how is it possible to run a hundred miles? And it's like, you know, you got to train yourself up for it. But mentally, like I've been in some dark, dark places, man. I've been to hell a few yeah. times, you know, yeah. so a hundred mile race is, is, I wouldn't say a cakewalk, but compared to some of the stuff that I've been through, man, piece of cake, you know? So I, I hear you, it's man. It's so true. Yeah, I hear you. Well, there's, there you go. There's those ex experiences that you have that, and the, and the demons that you face that really have just made you stronger. I mean, totally. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this community so special. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody's got their demons and, and some, some demons are stronger than others, you know? So it's just like, what are you going to do with those experiences? You know, I mean, you you've already been through it was it all for nothing or can you take it and somehow use it use it to your advantage or use it to help other people you know that's that's what i'm hoping for you you know and i'm sure you will i'm sure you will man sure. yeah cool i hope so you will that's, yeah. that's a goal for sure well listen man it was really cool talking to you and um you know, please stay in touch. Like, for sure. like if you need anything from me, like, please reach out. Um, I, I am definitely, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a professional <laughs> Dude, anything, but talking about it, you're yes, real, right? Yeah. That's, and that's what, 
I love, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I appreciate that for sure. Dude, anytime, anytime, please. You, you as well, man. Thank you. you. Well. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, that's one thing that's really helped me is just finding other men that kind of have similar interests to be vulnerable with. Like, sure. I think there's like this vulnerable movement right now that kind of makes me sick. I'm like, you guys are just giving yourselves permission to just cry and be vulnerable all the time. That sounds so weak, but if you can find like one or two people that you can really just let them know what you're all about, let them know what you've been through, what you're going through. Like, it's just really freaking helpful, man. It's so true, man. You know, and thank you for like cracking me open. I'm like I said, I wasn't really planning on it, but dude, I'm glad you did. I hope somebody listens to this and and it helps him somehow or some way. You know I, what I, mean? I guarantee it's going to for sure. hundred percent, man. What's next for you? you? You said you're looking at another race. Which race are you looking at? Looking at another race. I, uh, it's what was it called? Like Coconomo? I don't, I was, it's down in Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when, goes, when is that again? I, I honestly don't even, I think it's like May of next year, but, okay. but I think for sure I'm going to, I'm going to hit Moab again, probably. Yeah. And just try to better myself in Moab. And then I made, I made shoot for Tahoe. I got to get on there if I do this, but, Dang. but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, no matter what, there'll be another big race next year for sure. But yeah, but we'll see how it goes. Killer man. Very cool. Like, I, I know you said the legs were like really beat up. Just like, I mean, are you able to walk around normally now? And, and yeah. what were the first couple of days like? Were you able to walk at all? Yeah. Okay. Dude, my feet got really swollen. My legs really swelled up on me. Okay. And so that, dude, that lasted for 10 or 12 days. Wow. So I didn't even wear shoes for but I could move and get around pretty easy and it's gotten better. Sure. So. Wow. Incredible. It's an incredible story, man. Um, yeah. So just keep on doing what you're doing. And, and like I said, definitely stay in touch. I think you're good people. And uh, I loved uh, just chopping it up for an hour and a half, man. It was, it was awesome. You as well, dude. You cool well. brother. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, do big things, man. Love it. I'll talk to you soon. You as well. Talk All to right. you soon, buddy. Thanks brother. Appreciate you. You as well. All right. My man, Alex, there he is. Um, I just love that guy. Like, I don't know. That's what it's all about for me. That's why I do this stuff. That is what I call connecting. I hope you guys dug it. I hope you're as inspired as me. Um, give him a shout, give him some love. If you guys liked anything here, please give us a like, write us a review, subscribe on YouTube, donate a buck or two, whatever you guys can do to support this podcast would be greatly appreciated. And I want to give a shout out to the psychedelic Sasquatch. Uh, boy, I don't know who that person is, but they gave me a glowing review. Thank you. Thank you. If you guys need anything to help you do big things, give me a shout at big-things-crewing.com. If you need a crew or pacers for your ultra or supported adventure, we can help. If you need a coach, a training plan, vitamins, supplements, I've got you there too. 
I uh, got an inside deal for you guys. It's just for the Do Big Things listeners. I have ties to one of the biggest and baddest health supplement companies in the world. These vitamins and supplements are super high quality and I can get you everything. You guys need to be taking vitamin D in big doses. It's so important in these times of COVID. Um, you know, people people that, that have cancer, people that are testing positive for COVID, they are all vitamin D deficient. Very, very important. But I can get you guys everything. Branch chain amino acids, pre-workout, post-workout, protein, uh, rhodiola supplements, which I've been geeking out on, give me tons of energy, CBD, uh, high quality, healthy energy drinks, you name it. I'm bringing you guys the best stuff around to help you stay healthy and bring out the best version of yourselves. Big Things Crewing is here for you and we want to help. Life is short. Do big things, baby!